You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. The situation is obviously still fluid as to whether or not fans will be allowed into the stadium for the games this year. Have you considered that? If that happens, how strange will it be to play in an empty stadium? Yeah, it's going to be different. You know, I think I think that's a great experience about the NFL is running out and seeing, you know, 60,000 fans. And if you're at a road game, you have to deal with some of the noise and, you know, you have to work on your silent count, but scoring a touchdown silence those fans. Um, it, it's going to be different. You know, we've thought about it. We, we talked about our silence count, silent count the other day. And we're like, are we going to need it this year? You know, we were thinking to ourselves, like, are we just going to be in an empty stadium, you know? But I think as a player, it's it's going to be up to us to get that energy. You know, I've watched some of the baseball games and basketball games, and uh, it's definitely a different atmosphere. But I think once it comes to time to play, like, guys have been pretty locked in and pretty focused, and, and I think it's going to become our new normal. You know, coaches stress, like, what team is going to adapt the best this year because it's not going to be normal. We can't expect it to be normal. And that's just something we have to, we have to deal with. Obviously, you know, we want as many Cleveland fans to be there as safe as possible, but... You know, we'll see once we get to uh, that, that first game of the season how it's going to really play out. My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7, and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Fans, we definitely have questions about the fans. At the top of the show, we heard Joel Batonio talking about what he thinks it might be to play football with little or no fan attendance whatsoever. And he said it best. He was like the team that adjusts to the situation is going to be the team that comes out on top. Today on Straight No Chaser, we are going to take a look at the organizational pivot that's happening in Cleveland as the Browns adjust to operations in a pandemic. This happens at the top of the hierarchy. It starts with Jimmy and D. Haslam. We're going to look at how they are trying to outflank their competitors and how they're setting a tone for how the organization should operate. We'll quickly stop with the coach's realm to hear from Coach Stefanski before hearing from several players in the player's realm. We got a lot to get to, so let's get into it. Joel Batonio talking about the attitude of the players in the player's realm. But that attitude of adjustment, that attitude of pivot starts at the very top of the organization. And that is with Dee and Jimmy Haslam. It's interesting to to hear what they have to say about the possibility and feasibility of having fans in attendance for home games this year. There's been a task force of um, Ohio State, um, pro baseball, I don't know if pro basketball is involved, pro football. They've been working closely with the governor's office for the last eight to ten weeks. Um, We've also been working closely with the city of Cleveland. Um, I think both of those have gone well. Um, We have put a lot of time, effort, and resources into ensuring that if we did have, quote, 20% fans, it could be a safe experience and feel good about that opportunity. Obviously, the final decision is up to the governor, but we're ready and excited to go, and I think the city of Cleveland feels the same way. Yeah, we put in just as much um, time into the facility, the energy we put in there. We've also put that energy into, no pun intended, and making sure that person in each stadium um, is as safe as it can be, or, or all the safety protocols in place. 
We have a great plan in place. It'll be up to the governor of the state of Ohio to bless or not bless that. We've actually taken them through that, and we'll just have to see how that goes. I wouldn't want to speculate that it needs to be a week or two weeks ahead of time. And I think you'll hear us say this a lot today. Everybody's got to remain fluid and flexible in everything we do. And I think we've all learned to do that over the last four or five months. Yeah, fluid and flexible. One of my buddies, Ping Pong Tony, has already canceled his season tickets. But there are people who are itching to see football if it can be done safely. As of now, Governor DeWine has banned the attendance of sporting events. And this is... As around the NFL, many teams are announcing their home games will be without any fans in attendance. I always knew that Dee was a queen. She's the perfect matriarch. She really is. I'm going to reset the story that I told a couple years ago. Like I was visiting the Brown Stadium after the Orange and Brown scrimmage, maybe 2018. And we were sitting in the 50-yard line on one of the sides of the field. And after the practice was over, I stood up stretched and I turned around and I was looking to see where we were in the stadium and as I looked back behind me I saw that I was sitting right in front of the owner's box and in the owner's box there was a lady dressed in all white and she made eye contact with me and in my head I was like is is that is that D and quickly as I got the thought in my head she gave me this like stately nod she like nodded and then went back to her business and I don't know, went away in this queenly style, this queenly fashion. She's the perfect queen. And whatever legal or public relations specialist that decided on increasing her profile, this person, this entity is a pure genius. She has been wonderful for the Cleveland Browns ownership profile. The fact that they haven't given up on home field advantage shows you what kind of fighters they are. Trust me, it permeates the organization. They have absolutely struck the right tone, and it's not an easy thing to do in this media era. Jimmy Haslam talked about a learning curve uh, as he has acquired the organization. And his mistakes have been plentiful on that learning curve, that is for sure. But I think by now he's settled on a leadership group. He stopped picking coaches and now he's using his leadership skills in what he knows best, which is adjusting quickly to changing landscapes as he did as the leader of a major corporation. He's doing his job. The ownership realm is finally starting to show signs that it can outperform its peers. I I never thought I'd be saying this, But kudos to Jimmy and D. Haslam. Well done. Great job setting a tone for the organization. It flows through Kevin Stefanski in the coaching realm. It was good to get out on the grass early, get our work in. It was a much, much better practice from an effort standpoint from both sides. Was pleased with that. Still a lot of sloppiness, though. Things that we have to correct. Uh, But I think the, the effort was very good and uh, probably to be expected with the cooler temperatures. So, but long way to go. Coach Stefanski is setting the tone for his players. He's happy but never satisfied. Listen to the way he answers this incredible question from Tony Grossi in Monday's press conference. Hey, Kevin, um, I don't know if it's my imagination, but it seems the first two practices I've seen have been at a, a brisk pace. 
um, not hurried, but brisk. Would it have been this brisk on a normal training camp for you? And do you feel subconsciously the urgency to get in a lot of work in a short amount of time? Well, I'm glad you noticed that, Tony. We, uh, we are trying to practice fast. We want to play fast, so that'll be a point of emphasis, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, do I feel the sense of urgency? Uh, that's not why we're doing it. Uh, I feel the sense that every rep has to count, every walkthrough rep, every seven on seven, every team rep. We just have to make the most of the time that's available to us. That sense of urgency was clearly evident on the first two days of practice and even early into day three. As the brisk pace uh, led to some lively looking action. Of course, this seems to have changed right around the end of the third practice period. And I think it was related to an injury with uh, a high hit from Mac Wilson on Nick Chubb. Uh, we're going to hear from Mac Wilson on the other side of this break as we delve into the players' realm. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. I am your host, Thelonious7. We'll be right back. Three days of tape, and what do we have to show for it? <laughs> well, Odell Beckham Jr. absolutely showed up in these practice sessions. You keep wondering when the real Odell will begin to emerge as the difference maker we think he could be. He was okay last year, but as Bob Stolnaker noted, it seemed like the organization forced touches to him and it messed up the flow of the entire offense last year. But this year, in a more coherent scheme, that relationship with Baker Mayfield and a year of experience could blossom into something special. So far, we've seen what the offense can do and we see what they're trying to establish. But for me, I think that a more serious and interesting question. <laughs> but for me, I think there's an even bigger question we have about this team. And that is, what is the identity of this team on defense? Now, for me, when I ask that question, I just project the top five players, the top five producers on defense, and then I know a little bit what the team is really about. So for the Browns, the top five players on defense, it's very clear who player number one and number two are, in my opinion. In my estimation, it looks like it's Miles Garrett and it's uh, Denzel Ward. But the real question comes with players three through five. I, it could be... Sheldon Richardson or OV or Larry Ogunjobi. Also, it could be a guy like Money Mitch or Grant Delpit who shows up in that impact role for this team. Uh, but as far as the guys that we have the most questions about, I think they fall in the linebacking group. Mac Wilson today uh, having a tough practice as he's trying to make a name for himself and the unit. Let's hear what he had to say a couple of days ago about the way he thinks the unit is perceived nationwide. You know, we just put it like this. I feel like they just go on based off big time names of guys who are on different teams. And, yeah. You know, we got guys in our linebacker room who really didn't make a name for themselves for themselves yet. And uh, we're looking to do that this year. So, I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's totally disrespect when you come when you talk about you know guys being the worst linebacker for like. They're going to see basically, like, I, 
I really don't don't got much to say. Like those defensive say, no bark, all bite. Love the no bark, all bite theme, but <laughs> you gotta save that for the other team, bro. Eh. Mac Wilson definitely has the talent to be the productive player the Browns need him to be. We'll see if he can get all the energy marshaled in the correct direction as we move into the regular season. The linebacking unit as a whole has a lot to prove. But one guy who sticks out to me as a guy who could make some noise in this, in this rotation is Willie Harvey. He is a linebacker, a light linebacker out of Iowa State University. He's got an incredible amount of speed and he just has a sense for making plays. He made an impact at Iowa State. He's got incredible speed and instincts, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do in a Cleveland Browns uniform this year. Especially in a Joe Woods-led defense. Olivier Vernon, who talked to the media via Zoom conference, gave us a little insight to what the Joe Woods defense might be like. Uh, Joe Woods got a good plan. You know, uh, keeps it very, uh, very basic, very simple. He just want guys to play fast. And, um, you know, uh, Joe Woods, he's had success, you know, a lot of places he's been, you know, in, in Denver and in San Fran. So, you know, him implementing uh, this type of style of defense, I feel like it could uh, benefit a lot of guys. In addition to guys like Willie Harvey, it's also benefited two free agent KJs in the secondary. The first, Carl Joseph, and the second, Kevin Johnson. Um, I think it's always important to come in and um and put your best foot forward. Uh, um, you know that's really what I'm trying to do. What I'm focusing on is just coming out there and um and just playing my be- put my best foot forward and um doing the best I can each and every day and trying to improve. Kevin Johnson doing his best to stand out amongst the other acquisitions on this 2020 defense for Joe Woods. We're gonna keep a close eye on their contributions going into this 2020 season. Now, as for the offense, no question who its leader is. It is Baker Mayfield. I ran this before, but I wanted to highlight this piece of audio because of how it demonstrates his leadership. And when you talk about that, the roller coaster the last two years, did you ever doubt yourself during those times? Absolutely. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, one of those things that I talked about with our team is you got to find that belief. You got to find that confidence in yourself. And that's what I've based my whole story on, my whole career on, is confidence in myself and taking those chances. Uh, so th- there were times, and, and uh, these guys know that uh, everybody has their moments, but, you know, you, you can't just, you know, hold on to yourself. You have to have people to lean on, and we have those guys here. Year three Baker Mayfield has been worth the wait. My goodness. I absolutely love how he puts this answer, and for me, I think his humility and the way that he's leading this team to example, it's its its been incredible, and I can't wait to see him play football this year. The, the one big question, of course, on the offensive line is Jedrick Wills transitioning to left tackle from right tackle. People haven't really talked too much about how he protected his quarterback's blind side from the right side and his work in Alabama. The experiment seems to be working okay thus far. But we expect that from a, a number one pick in an organization, right? However, have you noticed the work of one Nick Harris? He's starting with the ones at the center position as J.C. Treader works through an injury of either his left or right knee. J.C. Treader stands at six foot four inches. Nick Harris stands at just six one. But listen to how he defends the viability of someone with his height at the center position. 
I've gotten this question a lot, you know, throughout my career. And yes, I think it helps me, to be honest. You know, it helps me with leverage. Um, it helps me with my hands and hat placement. Um, you know, I have natural, I have natural knee bend to where guys have to be coached to bend their knees when I can just already do it. Um, it, it helps my just my lateral quickness. Um, you know, I, I think it helps me. And I, on paper, if I was six four, it would sound better. But you know, I think functionally, if you if you really know the intricacies of playing this this position. Um, I have the ideal build, I think. And I think other people also would think that. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'm, you know, I've been asked about that numerous times. And, um, you know, it, it, I get it. I kind of get excited a little bit when people ask me that because I know in the back of their mind, they're like doubting me. And it's like, it just it gives me a little chip on my shoulder. So um, I've always, you know, held that close. That was one of my favorite pieces of audio I've heard all year. Really looking forward to see Nick Harris develop in his role on this organization. Well, with that, we're going to put this episode in the books. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to make Straight Note Chaser a part of your day. Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to Straight Note Chaser. I'm your host, Thelonious 7 on Dogs by Nature. Take care and go Browns.